Hey there, welcome to the Legacy Podcast with Caitlin James. This is a place where we have open and honest conversations about how to create a life with lasting impact. In this episode, we're going to be talking about something that we announced recently. Big deal in our life. We're launching a school. And uh, it seems crazy. It seems exciting. But it also, um, we've had a lot of questions about it, which we anticipated because this is not normal. This is not, we, we told people a month ago that we had an announcement. This No one guessed this. No one had any idea this was coming. Uh, and so Michael is actually going to join me on this episode. And we're just going to talk through a little bit of like how we came to the realization that we wanted to do this. Um, what about our story supports why we're pursuing this? Um, answer a few questions maybe, but really just give you a little backstory about how this even came to be uh, and tell, tell some stories about um, maybe the last like 18 months some fun things that have happened that kind of have culminated uh, into making this dream a reality. So in case you missed it, we announced recently um, the launch of something called Acton Academy West End, and it is a micro school that we are starting fall of 2022. Um, We are doing this with our um, best friends, family, um, my sister and her husband, Joe. So Emily and Joe are launching this with us. Um, and it will be the school that our oldest kids attend. So Micah and Evie will attend kindergarten here and along with probably about 12 other students. Um, and the concept of this micro school, it's a departure from the traditional way of education. They call it disruptive education. It's similar to unschooling. It's the thought that education can be done differently and that, um, Young people can handle large amounts of freedom when they are able to pursue their passions and able to do things that they love while learning in the process. Um, so this type of school, there are 300 of them around the world. Um, they've been in existence for over a decade. And so there are uh, learners, students, young people who have been through acting academies and are now in prestigious universities around the world. Um, and there's also a lot of active students ha- who have gone through this type of schooling and have created their own businesses because the goal of the Acton concept is for children to spend their hours out of the home pursuing what they're passionate about in life, being on what they call a hero's journey. And a hero's journey is figuring out what they're uniquely gifted in and how they can use that gift to change the world. And so we're going to share more about this, but also share the story of how we came to a place of deciding This is what we're doing in our community and for our kids. So in our marriage, uh, we've been married for 11 years. I feel like we have constantly, we've gone through seasons um, of just having so many opportunities to do things differently. I I think one of um, the examples I think about when this was first opportunity was when Michael left his like nine to five full-time job um, working as a youth pastor to join me in business. It just seemed so not normal, so strange. And that was kind of like our first opportunity of seeing like, well, we're going to go for it, see what happens. And it was one of the best decisions. And so we, we've done a lot of things differently, whether it is, um, you know, we, we built a house on land that wasn't for sale. We, we inquired about buying land that was not on the market. That's not 
normal. We, um, you know, our church, we're doing home church right now. We're kind of relearning what church can look like. Um, how can church be done differently? We have done things in our business, so many things in our business differently. Um, we run our business with a ton of family members. That's, that's not normal. Um, the way that we make money is not normal. And, um, and it's not that we're anti-normal. It's just we're curious and we're intrigued by the thought that things do not always have to be done um, the way that people have always done them. So in this day and age, I think everything is shifting and changing and being transformed. So the tech world things are changing weekly. Grocery shopping looks different. Um, churches, especially since the pandemic, um, look different. Businesses look different. So why has school not changed? And why has school stayed the same way uh, for decades and decades and decades? And as entrepreneurs and business owners who are kind of creating our own um I don't know, just creating our own life and designing our life almost. It's like, why can't we do this with school? And so anyway, we came to this concept of starting this micro school um, back in November of 2019 is when I first read a book. It's called Courage to Grow by Laura Sandifer. She's a co-founder. She wrote the book about the journey to starting Actons and with her husband, Jeff. And I read this book because I was sitting at a conference next to a friend who has four children. And she said to me, you know, she's like, what are y'all thinking about school? And I'm like, honestly, I don't know. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, we don't really want to do public school. And it's not just because there's things we don't agree with, pu- with public school, but also just the thought of like sending Evie, like our vibrant, energetic, charismatic, super social child, like her sitting in a desk for hours and hours. And what if she learns quickly? What if she needs more help? What if she is passionate about something, but never gets to pursue it? It just didn't, something did not sit well with us. And, um, so weren't a huge fan of public school, not, not a huge fan of the thought of private school even like, but we're not homeschoolers. I just know that we cannot, I'm not geared for that. Like I'm not made to be a great homeschooler mom. So, we just wanted another option. So we read the book, started pursuing it. Um, and we're going to tell you the story of how it all unfolded. Yeah. So just a little bit of backstory about, you know, mine and Caitlin's journey through our educational process. Uh, we grew up together, uh, went through public school, uh, not technically together. We were two grades apart, but, um, yeah, loved our public school process. We were in, a county that only had one high school, which is uh, not normal, I think, where where we live. And, um, you know, a lot of friends that we have grew up, you know, where there were multiple high schools in their county. And so we just, we knew everybody in like our small town. And I do, I think we thrived uh, in public school. There was the social aspect that we both thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I don't think we were all-star students by any stretch of the imagination. Um I was not uh, that driven in the education side of things. Like I, I would do enough to get by. Um, there was nothing really pushing me. I did realize I had a passion for history in high school. I had a great uh, junior year, like um, dual enrollment history teacher that that class was taught like at a college level, and the expectation was higher. And and realized that when I was challenged and when I was pushed, I could rise to that occasion. Uh, and just love growing up in Virginia, just the history all around us uh, was just something I really connected to. And so really enjoyed that. Um, and then went to college and, and 
realized that I could pursue history even more. And that's what I majored in. And, and so, you know, going through this, for me, I have always been fine with public school in my mind. And, and I, when Caitlin started questioning that, I was like, well, what's the big deal? Like, you know, it worked for us and, and we turned out okay, I guess you could say. And, um, and so I did, I kind of pushed back and question, you know, like, well, well, why wouldn't we pursue this? You know, we're, we're living in a County that is similar to ours that we grew up in one high school, small rural feel, but great, uh, great technology, great teachers that we've heard of. And so I was a little hesitant at first when we started pursuing this thinking, you know, well, we have a good option in public school. And then even in Richmond, there are great private school options. You know, do we not even want to see those or check those out? And it was a little contentious there for a little <laughs> bit. Uh, me questioning, not, not a questioning even just, just saying like, let's at least look at the options on the table. Uh, and that was not Caitlin's first choice. I don't think. So yes, that I, I'd say that's an accurate, uh, story. I also have an issue, um, with when I get really excited about things, I am really excited about, I remember I found these videos of these micro schools, this, this acting academy concept and Michael came home and I'm like, oh my gosh, I know what we're going to do. And, um, yeah, so it, it took, it was a journey for us to get to a place where, um, we were really on the same page. So let me share a little bit about my background in schools. So Michael shared, we were in the same high school and, um, honestly, we really did have similar social exper- uh, experiences. Um, I would say that, I mean, Michael was, what, what was your title? You were. B- we both won best all around. Oh, yes. We both. We both. Won. <laughs> Michael was loved by everybody. Teachers loved him. Administrators loved him. He he was friends with everybody. And socially it was. It was great. And I I remember loving the social part as well. But I don't think I loved it quite as much um, as he did. Um, and I think that's because I did two years of high school without him. He graduated and went to college and those were hard years for me. But during those years, um, I realized that I was going to school and living for when I was done with the assigned work and I could kind of do my own thing. So, um, what I mean by that is like my senior year of high school, I remember my parents said, Hey, you're going to college the MacBook Pro had just come out. And so I used like early graduation money to to go ahead and get that laptop. Um, and my parents helped with that. And I remember that being like a game changer for me. I, I would finish work in dual enrollment English, I remember. And I would open my laptop in the back of the class and like try to figure out how to use Photoshop, how to use InDesign, how do people make these like graphics stuff? Like, how does this work? Um, I was in yearbook and honestly yearbook provided a creative outlet that kind of spurred on this concept of like, I want to learn how people design. Um, but, but a lot of times yearbook was like this empty period that I could just run to the yearbook room and I could keep doing like the stuff that I considered fun, which was on my MacBook pro being creative. I remember getting in trouble in school by Ms. Douglas, Ms. Patty, Patty Douglas. She would fuss and say, Caitlin, put that away. We're not doing that right now. And I remember that um, because it was almost like it felt wrong to be pursued because it it was wrong in that setting. I was supposed to be reading, you know, 
whatever literary assignment we had, I needed to be doing that. And that was the task. And if I wasn't doing that, you know, that was wrong and I wasn't paying attention. And so I'd have to put away what I was really passionate about and focus on the curriculum. And that, that is something that I didn't even think about as being, you know, gosh, what if I spent my days pursuing what I really cared about in school? And I look back now and it's like, I was trying to, I just didn't have enough time to, um, cause my evenings were spent doing homework and my days were spent doing assignments in class. But when I did have free time, I was diving into this type of stuff. So I loved your book. I loved getting a taste of kind of freedom in the yearbook room. Sometimes there wasn't even a teacher in there. Um, I would just go in there and do my own thing. And um, so when I think back to high school, that's what I think about. I loved your book. I loved that part. I loved the the social aspect. I loved it more when Michael was there. Um, And I think it's important to mention the social part for Michael and I, because it plays into, um, recognizing that we wanted our children to be out of the house for school. We wanted them to be socializing with other kids. We wanted them to um, have a community at school. That was really important to us. Um, So uh, just to kind of finish up explaining my experience in school, I actually went to private school for six months. Uh, I cried every day because my parents, I, I viewed them as taking me away from my friends back in middle school at public school. It was very dramatic. Um, but that just goes to show like socially, I've really loved the people. Um, so I would say, like Michael said, public school served us well because we went to a rural county high school. Um, we actually got into college pretty easily. Uh, the, it wasn't super competitive because, you know, the most popular state schools are, weren't taking, you know, hundreds of kids from our high school. It was a small high school. So we had a better chance of getting into a school. Um, so we did, we did just fine. It was a, it was a good experience. I wouldn't say that it was, um, anything, um, extraordinary, but it was, it was good. And it led to, um, really, really awesome years in college. So why do something different? That's kind of like what Michael's mindset was. Why would we change anything if it wasn't broken? If that worked well for us and we thought our kids could do the same, why would we pursue anything outside of that? It'd be a lot easier if we just did private school or public school. So in my mind, there was uh, some hesitation still. Uh, When Caitlin does get excited about things, she kind of goes all in and I feel like part of my role, even in our business, is kind of, uh, what's the word, like, not controlling that, but just moderating that or making sure that we're not biting off more than we can chew. Uh, You know, we were pregnant with our third, pregnant, right? Just, Mm -hmm. and, and so there was a new baby coming on the way and, you know, thinking through, man, are we going to have time to start a school like the the manpower that we need and the the manpower that our current business was already taking like this is just going to be over the top and um i think that's when we started talking with joe and emily um brother and sister-in-law and and really started thinking like okay if we could all do this together that makes it a little more doable in my logical mind thinking through like how are we going to do this um another thing for me was just really looking for for signs that this was meant to happen. Um, We were actually in Aspen, Colorado, photographing a wedding. And, 
you know, out to dinner one night, just walking around downtown Aspen and talking with Caitlin, like uh, Emily was there with us as well. Um, and we were talking through like, okay, what would the timeline look like? What, you know, would the budget look like? How would we make this happen? And then we see on Instagram that Laura Sandifer, who wrote the book Courage to Grow, one of the co-founders of Acton Academy, was actually in Aspen. We're like, well, that's that's interesting and coincidental. And so we end up thinking nothing about it. Like, we are kind of looking around while we're walking around downtown. Like, maybe we'll see them. And we we don't see them. We um, are up in the mountains. It get, The sun is setting. It's getting colder. We're like shopping for sweatshirts because we didn't realize that how cold it got in the evening. And I'm like, okay, well, we got it. We got to eat dinner. And we go to this restaurant and we're up on this rooftop. And we're like, wouldn't it be crazy if we ran into them? And thinking through that and, and then eat dinner, pay the bill. Caitlin needs to use the restroom. And we're like, okay, well, Emily and I will wait outside for you. And she doesn't come back for like five minutes and comes running out the door and is like, I'm pretty sure I just saw Jeff and Laura. And I'm like, you're crazy. Like, there's no way. She's like, I have to go talk to them. And I'm like, no, you're not doing that. She's like, they're having dinner with their two boys. And I'm like, you're definitely not going back in there. And she's like, I will regret it for the rest of my life if I don't go say hello and tell them we're thinking about doing acting. And I'm like, well, you're doing it by yourself because I'm not I'm not going back in there. And Emily's on my side. She's like, no, that is weird. Don't do it. You would hate it if somebody did that to you. And she's like, I'm doing it. And I'm like, well, we're at least going to watch. And so we walk back in the restaurant and see her walk up to this table. They had literally just gotten their food. And I hope Jeff and Laura listen to this one day. And, and she comes, we can see her standing there like nervously talking and she comes over and she was like, it was great. They were awesome. Like I had my little three minute spiel that I wanted to say and like how much we love what they're doing. And, and yeah, it really was this confirmation that, you know, you see people online or you read their books and you're like, man, you just idolize these people and the way that they live their life and the things that they stand for. And even in a, in a three minute conversation, Caitlin was like, no, they're legit. Like they are who they say they are. They believe um, what they are teaching. And, and it was, it was a powerful moment, just a a three minute conversation uh, that she was able to have. That was just like, okay, we, I think we should pursue this. And, and it, it sounds strange even saying that, like, really just meeting them. But it, you know, if that, if that conversation had gone sideways, like it would have been really easy to be like, okay, maybe we should reconsider this, this, we may not want to, you know, hitch our wagon to this horse or whatever the phrase is, but uh, it was, it was an encouraging moment for, for all of us. Yeah. I think that that, I remember leaving that restaurant and going back up um, or back down the stairs to our car. We immediately called Joe, we called our parents. We're like, you're not going to believe what happened. And it, Michael's right. It wasn't that it was this like crazy conversation. It's that they were welcoming to us, that like they were excited that they let me interrupt their dinner. And then Laura got on Instagram. Um, I thanked her for being so gracious and, um, and she started following me and we've messaged back and forth. And I just, I could feel that like, 
they're very successful as a family. Um, and, and you could just tell though, in talking with them, that meeting them, the acting is like just their passion in life. And so then we go home feeling really encouraged. Like I, I remember praying specifically, like, God, if we're supposed to pursue this, then sh- give me, give me something. But if we're not, like, I want severe red flags. Like I actually Googled the Sanford's name looking for negative stuff because I wanted to know like, who are these people? They started this concept. Like, what are we getting ourselves into potentially? So that happened. Super encouraging. Then we go home and a week after we go home, I'm driving home and I randomly decide there's two ways to kind of get to our house. There's like a quicker way turning right and and going down a road that leads right to our road. Or there's a way that kind of takes you back on some country roads, takes a few more minutes. But if the kids are asleep in the car, like I'll, I'll go that way. So I think one of the kids was asleep and I'm like, I'm just going to go down, um, this, this part, this way to our house. And I noticed there's this like commercial property that's super cute. It's, it's, it's historic. It, it's got a lot of small little buildings and it's for sale. And, and I'm like, well, that's commercial property. It's, it's like on broad street. It, it's going to be way out of our price range and look it up. Um, and it's not, and it's, it's actually pretty affordable. Um, and, and then I'm like, well, it's probably just really run down. Like you can't use it. And, um, all these things we decide, I go home, I show Michael the paper. I stopped and got a little paper, go home and show him, call our realtor. She's amazing. She gets us an, an appointment to see the property. We're walking around and like, it's a little rough in places, but like, I can see it. Like I can see it happening. Um, I, to my surprise, Michael was, I kind of aboard. I, I think he was walking around and he could catch the vision for it too. So anyway, we're like, well, you know, all this to say, I'm stealing the microphone right now. All this to say, there was no price range. When she said it wasn't out of our price range, there was no price range. We had not talked about a budget for a building or any of this. Thing. Uh, you know, Caitlin had all that in her mind, but again, she was further down the road than the rest of us. So as far as being further down the road, we we still had not officially said, all right, we're doing this. We're going to send in our audition because um, even though this is, it's not a franchise necessarily, but it, you you could view it that way, I guess. It, we had to be accepted to be able to start our own acting, and there's a there's a financial investment to prove that we're serious and have access to all the curriculum and all the resources that they've built over the past ten years. So we had not committed to that. We wanted to be sure. So we reached out. This is a little bit frowned upon, but we reached out to an Acton owner that is in Virginia beach, which is two hours from us. And basically just said like, do you have any advice? And she, and it's frowned upon just because Acton owners have so much on their plate, um, running their studio. And so if you think about the hundreds of people that are trying to start Actons around the world, it's just a lot. If an Acton continually has people saying, Hey, can I visit? Can I visit? So we didn't even ask if we could visit. We just said, do you have any advice for us? And she offered, um, to, for us to come get a tour when school was like not in session. And so we, the four of us road trip down to Virginia beach and we, we said going down, like even in the car, in the parking lot, I remember saying out loud, 
This is either going to make or break this decision. Like our experience, what we uh, see that this woman is doing, what we hear from her, even kind of like whether or not she was open to us. Like, I just felt like we were, we were very so much like on the fence of whether or not we were going to do this. And it came down to visiting the school in Hampton Roads. So in Virginia beach. So we walk in and it's in an old chiropractic office. They had just, this was a new location. She actually has multiple locations. She's thriving. Her, her actins down there are just thriving. Um, and we start talking to her. She's so kind, soft-spoken, just open book, shared everything. And we, I mean, we just had so many questions. Um, she showed us around the, her property, um, that she was in the middle of setting up. And she basically was like, we had to move here because I have like 40 some kids starting brand new, like this year at this new location. Um, I mean, she's like, it's just taken off. And, we, we were asking questions about like, well, what does it really mean to be student-led? What does it mean for kids to take ownership over their own learning? And the stories she shared with us were just fascinating. Um, fascinating. I, I mean, we, we realized visiting her that like, there's so much more to this idea of a student-led education concept than we even imagined. Um, and, you know, she, she showed us things that were like, so simple, but so just like revolutionary to us. Like there's a little break room where the kids fix their lunches. And an example of this, uh, that, that really blew us away. She was like, kids don't come with pre-made lunches. Parents don't make lunches. Parents let their kids go in a grocery store. They pick out supplies for their lunches. And then the supplies go into the fridge and they make their own sandwiches on real plates with real silverware they make their meals and then they do the dishes and they clean up the kitchen and then they go on to whatever is next. It's just one example of like, that's a life skill. Like can an eight year old make a sandwich? Yeah, they can. And like, why not have them do that every day together with their, with their peers and take care of themselves in that way, right? That is, that's just a a simple example of how Acton is preparing kids for being on their own. So we visited this campus, blown away by her generosity. It, it Walking around her studio, I think it was helpful that she was in the midst of setting it up. It was brand new. She was still like putting together Ikea bookshelves. And um, she just made it seem so attainable and um, at the same time, we were just blown away at, with what she had done. She also had was it four or five kids, four kids of her own. Um, one of her children <laughs> was like applying as a as a teenager, like not even eighteen, trying to apply to go to MIT. Her other children, like were fourteen, fifteen year olds, going uh, taking college classes, still in high school um, from a community college because they just like they were just ready for it and. We just walked away from that experience. I think all of us going home thinking we, we want this for our kids. And it became less about what we didn't want and more about what we did want. So like, um, it it wasn't like, oh, we're anti this. It's like, no, we're just for developing character in our kids, developing their passions, helping them find their calling, letting them have leadership opportunities, loving the concept of a multi-age classroom. There's, there's so many things about this that we were like, we, we cannot not try. 
So we left our experience in Virginia Beach um, and came home and kind of committed to one another, the four of us, that we were going to pursue it. Um, we had already been in talks about uh, making an offer on this property. The property, it's kind of a crazy story. The owners, it was like a family-owned property. They actually had another offer on the property, um, but it was for like a developer. Um, and their offer was higher than ours. But we kind of shared the story of what our vision was for the property. We didn't want to tear down these like historic buildings. We wanted to use them as like kind of like a one-room schoolhouse, micro-school feel. It would be for the kids in the community. Um, and they liked the story. And so they actually chose us over the higher offer because they liked the vision we had for the property, which was really cool. Um, and our, and our realtor was like, that's, that's awesome. You know, like they, they're choosing less money because they like what you want to do. And so things just started to fall into place. And we, so we sent our audition into Acton. We, um, we sent kind of like the retainer of the investment, which was, um, in the grand scheme of things, uh, it, it was quite an investment, but in the grand scheme of what we're doing, um, uh, it was attainable and, uh, and we just started moving forward and that looked like doing a timeline, setting ourselves up for orientation. We, um, started thinking about branding and the name for our school and working through a lot of the, uh, intricate parts of, you know, deciding if we were going to be faith-based or if we were going to be more of a secular school, just with Christian undertones, um, a lot of, a lot of decisions. Um, but really the timeline is what set everything in motion. And so we've been working through that timeline and before we knew it, it was September of 2021 and it was time to announce that it was happening. And so that is what we have just done. We've shared the news and the feedback has been phenomenal. Um, overwhelming in some ways. I, I think the interest that we have is due to the fact that school has been flipped upside down during the pandemic. And I said before, like the pandemic honestly was another way that I feel like personally that God was like showing me like school doesn't have to be done one way. Like, look at what, look around you, look what's happening. Like we're being forced to be creative with school and you know, these kids are going to survive. Like they're, they're going to be okay doing things differently, like how much more um, creative and innovative could we be with a school design? Um, and so that's how we've gotten to a place where we are today, where we've announced it. We're going to take applications or uh, auditions for our 10 learners for our first year, starting January 1st. Um, and we, we're, we're doing it. We're, we're making it happen. So let's maybe answer a few of our most common questions. Um, we have a whole list of these, but for the sake of time, we're just going to answer the big ones and kind of explain the the concept of Acton. Um, and then we will do another episode in the future, maybe diving just a little bit deeper as more and more questions come in. So one of the greatest questions that we have, the most common questions we're getting is, are we hiring teachers? Are there teachers? How are they going to learn? Um, that is a very good question because it's one of the biggest questions we had. If you watch, and, and this is what I advise for anybody, if you have not watched the videos on our website, so it's actingacademywestend.com. If you've not watched like a day in the life video or the disruptive education video, um, 
please just pause this and go do that so that you understand and see the concept of actin and you see actin like in motion and like kind of see what the day looks like, what the concept looks like. Because if you just hear me talking about it without seeing that background, it's not going to make much sense. And you're going to think I sound crazy if you don't. Um, so pause and watch if you haven't. If you have already watched those videos, you've read about acting and the concept, um, then let me break it down just a little bit. There are no teachers. And, and I get it. That sounds ridiculous to think that way. But I think the best way to describe why this is the makeup of acting is to think about a homeschooler. So someone just messaged me recently and said, how do you vet your, your teachers or your guides? Like what's the certification? What's the, how are you going to make sure they can do their job? And when I think about homeschoolers, I think about, well, who is vetting these parents and who is, um, making sure these parents are certified to teach these learners, these young people, um, and, and that's when I go back to the concept of like, well, what exactly are we, are we making sure there are qualifications for? Because when you are talking about a self-driven, um, self-directed learner, these children are pursuing their education and taking responsibility for their education. And they need more of a coach than they do. Uh, there's a phrase that people in the acting world use, like they're looking for, um, a guide on the side and not a sage on a stage. So, uh, you know, we're not looking for someone to get in front of a classroom and in front of a row of desk and instruct. We're looking for someone to stand on the side. And when someone has a question about, um, figuring out, you know, something on their math program, they can come alongside and kneel beside them and say, Hey, okay. So ask questions in order to help the learner get to their own solution, not sit down and tell them do this, then this, then this, because ultimately we want these young people to be able to solve their own problems, to work through and find their own solutions. And, I think a lot of times it's easy when you are only thinking of a traditional makeup of a classroom to think that a, having a teacher is like a must, like how will kids learn if there's not a teacher? That's another question that I get so often, um, on the Instagram account and, and even through email as well. And the answer to that is, is that you got to try to think about this from a totally different perspective. Is it possible for a child to learn how to read through different options of online programs through being in, um, encouraged through a, a older peer kind of in the classroom. Can they learn how to read, um, on their own? And at first I'd be like, I don't know, can they, someone's going to have to teach them. But what I've recognized with Evie, she's only four. Um, but she went through on her own for fun because it's kind of, it's gamified. It's a fun process. It's a journey. She went through ABC mouse, um, the preschool curriculum on her own in a matter of a few months and learned her alphabet. She can recognize letters. She knows the sounds. She knows how to piece those together. And I thought to myself, if she's doing that at four years old, why can't that type of learning gamified learning continue for core skills? And that's the concept of acting is that there are online platforms for core skills that are used for students to work through and learn um, writing, reading, and, and math and guides come alongside and help them, um, when they get stuck, but they just, they never answer a question. And that's a Socratic method of learning. Um, now Socratic 
learning and Socratic discussions are another huge part of the acting concept, um, which we can kind of get into a little bit more because those are other questions like how do you make sure that kids are involved and engaged and really participating and not just kind of falling to the wayside and just not caring? Like that's another question that we get a lot. So when I'm getting the questions about like, how are you going to teach these kids? The answer is really no one is teaching them. And that's kind of the whole point. They're teaching themselves. They're diving in themselves and they have a guide, like a coach that that's helping them. Um, but they're learning by doing, they're learning through quests, which are hands-on projects. And they're learning, um, by accountability with their peers and the contract within the studio that they uphold. Uh, there's, it's this beautiful system that was created to be able to encourage young learners to be able to pursue their own passion, but also to learn what it means to be self-disciplined and self-motivated. Now I get it. Five-year-olds, what does this look like for five-year-olds? Um, but for a five-year-old, it really does take on a lot of like the Montessori concept, but the Montessori concept doesn't, uh, that's, that's not the concept that continues just because this is pro technology. Uh, it's pro being innovative, uh, with technology in the classroom. There's a lot of differences. So while a young, a young studio that's like five to seven year olds will start with like hands-on learning, gamified learning, um, a lot of that transitions into self-directed learning, self-directed goals, self-directed, um, completion of badges. Uh, so gosh, there's so much to share. Um, basically there's a, a lot of what works in the world, like Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, right? That concept of earning badges, being self-motivated, being driven, having reasons behind your getting these certain badges, being encouraged by your, your, your tribe or your, um, your, what are, what are they called? Girl Scout, like a pack, pack? Uh, troop. Oh, troop, troop, they're troops <laughs> being encouraged and held accountable by your troop. Um, that is where the Acton founders pulled the concept of badges, um, because it works like Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, that's been in existence for who knows how long, um, because that concept works, the accountability works, the motivation works. And so they adapted that into the concept of, um, the studio, how to keep kids on track with their goals and how to move forward and push to the next, the next level, the next thing. Uh, and you'll see that in the, in the videos of kids helping other kids get their badges accomplished. Um, the concept of accountability. So like there, I need to find this resource because it's so fascinating. The concept of, um, Alcoholics Anonymous. So AA, like why does, why is that system? Why is that still in existence? Like that's still such a resource for addiction and helping people move forward. Um, and so they, the Acton founders took the concept of that accountability and built it in for older studios for them to have running partners. So people that come alongside them and basically motivate them, encourage them, mentor them through their journey, their hero's journey to figure out what they're called to. They've taken all these concepts that work in the real world and have applied them to education. And it's, it's just, it's fascinating. So when I hear people say, Oh my gosh, there's no teachers. How in the world were they, will they learn? My first thought is, okay, try to in, try to take yourself away from the traditional model of education because there's so many other possibilities, but you got to open your mind to the concept that maybe people, kids, learners, students, whatever you want to call them, young people, maybe they could actually learn in a different way. And you don't have to have someone with a certain certification standing in front of a class 
teaching them and telling them what to learn. What if, what would, what if there's another option? And in Acton, they've discovered that there is. Another question we get a lot is, are you going to be the teachers? Uh, and so not to go back into Caitlin's answer, which I think she covered really well, that there isn't a teacher, but the question they should be asking is, are you going to be the guide? And uh, a little behind the scenes of mine and Caitlin's marriage, uh, this was part of my uh, resistance at first. Um, when she first told me about it, the first day she was like, I think I found it. I've been watching these videos and it's just like over the topic side. And I'm like, okay, girl, calm down. Like, let's think through this. And she makes a comment where she's like, and you would be a great guide. And my mind immediately goes to like her Enneagram type three self of like always going, always achieving, always winning. And me being a type seven where it's like, hey, life is fun. Let's make this enjoyable. How can we do this in the least painful way? Uh, I just think like, oh, she thinks I'm not doing enough. I need to be doing more. And she has found this job for me to to fulfill you know what she thinks I should be doing. And so that's where part of my pushback came from and like I don't think this is necessarily what we want to do. I think you know we want to look at what private school options are, you know, or what um you know even the public school options are. And so that's where part of that tension came from. And so in my mind straight out the gate it's like okay, well I'm not going to be the guide cuz she thinks that I should be. <laughs> And even since then, like, as we've been explaining this concept to other people, everybody's like, oh, Michael, you would make a great guide. And it's like, yeah, you're not the only person that's told me that. Um, (laughs) And so uh, currently we are looking at hiring a guide. I think as we grow, you know, we'll see what opportunities present themselves right now, just with the the size of our, our current Uh, photography and online education business. Our goal is not to be the guide. We're looking to hire that to be in the owner role, um, in the administrative role, kind of overseeing the process, more interacting with the parents uh, so that the guide uh, can focus on the learners. And then we work uh, with the parents more. Um, Managing the property is one of my big roles. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're looking to see what growing could look like desire looks like. And if there is great interest in that, then that's great. But if not, you know, there could be a season where, where we look at, you know, what if Emily, Joe, Caitlin, or I were a guide for a studio. And so currently we're not planning on being guides, uh, but that is a possibility in the future. Um, we're going to answer one more question before we hit the, the hour mark of this episode, but, um, Someone said, who is in control of the school and just like how much freedom is actually handed to the kids? And that is a great question. A very simple answer would be almost all of all of it is handed to the kids. And honestly, there are parameters, there's boundaries that are appropriate. But the concept of Acton is to get adults out of the way as much as possible. And it's not out of the sense of we don't want kids to have to have authority. It's that we want kids to feel trusted and to rise up to that level of trust. And a lot of times I think children are put in situations where they just know there's authority. You do whatever they say. You abide by these rules. And in some ways, when there's so much of that, there's no opportunity for them to learn how to self-regulate, to learn how to be self-disciplined, to learn how to be self-motivated. 
that question, I, I, I sometimes think, well, I wonder if they're thinking who's in control, like of the studio or administratively, or who is handling discipline issues, who's deciding, um, you know, solutions for issues. And the more that we learn about how other actins around the world, the most successful actins are run, um, the more we realize is that so much goes back to the learner, to the young people. And what I realized is that like, we, we kept saying the four of us were like, but why are kids going to be motivated to uphold their studio contracts for behavior? What, why are they going to feel motivated, um, you know, to really lean into this whole concept of like, running their own studio. And what we found when we asked that question is that what we are not used to is experiencing young people being obsessed with their school concept, loving going to school so much that they don't want to risk losing that. And we've heard story after story, um, and they mention it in the book, Courage to Grow, that when there have been you know, behavior issues, chaos in the studio, like there's a risk of them losing their freedom. And because they love the way their school is set up, the way that their studio is set up, there's motivation for them to keep it working the way that it's supposed to work. And I just have never experienced that in an education setting. Um, and I'm excited to experience that. I, we know, like we've heard, Actons sometimes can feel like chaos. It is not the traditional classroom. We've actually heard of Actons being criticized that people that don't understand the model, people don't that don't catch the vision, if you just were to pop in and see students self-guiding and self-directing without seeing the bigger picture, you might think that it's just madness. But when you start to see what these kids are capable of, it is just unbelievable. Overall, the concept of young learners, young people having freedom in the studio. Um, there's so many cool stories of seeing kids rise to the occasion and doing things that I just have never seen young people do, um, responsibilities I've never seen them take on. And I'm excited to see that within our own studios, within our own children, um, to see what they're capable of when they are handed trust and freedom, um, and so we'll share more stories about this on our Instagram account. Be sure to follow it. Um, if you want more information and more kind of like outline of exactly how Actin's work, what the, um, like the learning system, the design of Actin looks like, we actually have a downloadable info kit that you can get on our website. Um, and it goes into great detail, um, about just how this process works, how this system works, um, and why we fell in love with it in the first place. So make sure you download it, especially even if you're not in our area and you just want to understand more about it, um, go ahead and download it because it, it's providing a lot of framework, framework around how this type of schooling, um, is actually really efficient and is, is changing lives. So, um, at Acton Academy West End uh, is the Instagram account and um, actonacademywestend.com is a website where you can find that info kit. So we'll do more podcast episodes in the future. Um, the title of this podcast is The Legacy Podcast because ultimately uh, I think that a lot of decisions and a lot of the ways that we live our life play into um, our legacy and Acton is a new kind of branch of our legacy that we're excited to start building. Um, 
and it's going to be a part of a lot of other children and families legacies as well. So we are, um, we are excited about our founding families. We have 10 openings for the first year at Acton. Uh, we hope to grow that in the future. Um, but applications for, uh, learners start on January 1st. And so you'll be able to find more information January 1st of 2022, you'll be able to find more information on the website and by being on our email list. So if you download the info kit, you will be added to the list so you don't miss out on anything. But thank you for tuning in. This was a little longer than we thought it would be, but we hope it gives you a little bit of insight into the story of how this came to be um, and a little bit more uh, information on why we love this concept and why we're pursuing it. 